0: And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. O come, O come, Emmanuel. I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A cry goes out. A cry goes out calling people to judgment, and the people stream out from all over the land. What a surprise, this desire to confess, to face judgment. And yet, we face it all the time. We are judged constantly throughout our schooling We sign up for judgment whenever we apply to a new school or for a new job or we play a sport or we join a dating site. And judgment has become a kind of national obsession as serious as a presidential election as frivolous as any reality television show from the mean spirited survivor to frothy RuPaul's drag race to the earnest self-improvement of the biggest loser. Some shows are more serious than others. Some exploit participants, others exploit we viewers, and just about everyone valorizes competition. But in this season, in this COVID year, when a mistake in one's life can lead to the serious even fatal judgment of infection and illness. When each one of us is carefully weighing every decision, giving up beloved traditions, foregoing visits with those we love in a time when we scrutinize one another, judging each other's actions. Is their bubble too big? Are they wearing their masks correctly or not? Well, in this time, the only judgment I can take happens on the comforting set of the great British baking show. That great show filmed on some estate or another in England, contestants gathered in a kitted out tent with brightly colored vintage fridges, garlands of union jacks and workstations equipped with every appliance one could wish for, from a standing mixer to a warming drawer. The only judges I want to face this season are handsome bread baker Paul Hollywood, silver fox with piercing blue eyes and the smiling kind queens of pastry, Prue Leith or Mary Berry. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor, escape this awful year by binging on this sweet show. You don't have to be a baker, I'm certainly not to care about each of the 12 contestants, a cross section of Britain, accents ranging from Geordie to Liverpudlian, from grandmas who've baked their whole lives to engineering students still in university, gay music teachers and Muslim housewives in hijab. You don't have to be a baker to laugh at the two goofy MCs, formerly Sue and Mel and then Noel and Sandy, modern day jesters who lighten the mood when things heat up in the tent. Each week has a theme, bread week or patisserie or cake week and the bakers face three challenges, signature bake, technical challenge, and then the showstopper. And each challenge is judged and each week one of the contestants is named star baker while another baker must go home. In this way, it's much like any reality television show. And yet somehow, It stands wholly apart. Each year, the bakers stream out to be judged in hopes of making it on the show. Then for a season, 12 of those bakers come together each week to have their bakes judged by two of the best bakers in Britain. The judges set difficult challenge and the bakers struggle each week to meet them. There are tears at times, though in all the seasons I've watched, This show distinguishes itself by how the contestants treat each other and how the contestants face judgment. The bakers encourage one another. They help one another when they can, but they are also truthful. No one says it's all right if another's mirror glazing slides off a cake because it's not sufficiently cooled. The contestants face the judges In the ways I think many of us face judgment, when the judges make suggestions or offer warnings as they talk to the bakers about their plans for the upcoming challenge, the bakers like us will often justify their misguided choices or look worried, but carry on anyway. But then at the final judgment, when they must bring their bakes forward to face the scrutiny of Paul and Prue, I note something different than most of us well at least different from me when I'm when something I've done has gone off the rails the bakers listen carefully sometimes their chins are trembling when things don't go well but they take the honest judgment neither prue nor Paul pulls punches they name what works and what doesn't even saying things like this isn't your best or I expected more, or you've let yourself down here. And the contestants invariably admit their wrongdoing. They apologize for falling short. I'm sorry, they say, for a cake that is stodgy. They acknowledge when their flavors don't come together or when they didn't follow the guidance of the judge and everything has gone wrong. Judgment, it can be a thing of entertainment until of course it comes to religion. Then most of us get really, really uncomfortable. We expect judgment in school and sports in our careers. We might even look to it for amusement, but in our God, no thank you, not we 21st century progressive Christians. And yet here we are, here we are in Advent, here we are with John the Baptist as we always are on the second Sunday of this season. And we hear his calls to repent, calls to turn our lives around for our need of forgiveness. This might feel like a surprise any year when most of us are already turning towards the joy of Christmas, but it might feel cruel in this horrible, awful, no good year when everything is already so dang hard. Now we have to repent too. Now we have to prepare for judgment too. Advent has a long history in the church, stretching back to the ninth century. In this strange season, this bridge between years as the light grows shorter each day, The church considered its role as a bridge between Christ's first coming as an infant, as Messiah, and his second coming, which we await when he comes as judge and king. Traditionally, at least since the medieval era, this was a time to focus on the four last things, four ultimate things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. This week would be judgment. I note now that as the culture has elevated Christmas to the pinnacle of the year and now sees Advent merely as a threshold to that season, even the church has softened Advent, replacing those four last things with four other virtues, peace, joy, love, and hope, all beautiful. Now aligning each of those with each of the four weeks, each of the four candles in the Advent wreath. Despite our focus on judgment in so much of our lives, despite our love of confessing others' sins, we don't appear to want much of that in our own lives or much of it in God. And yet, judgment's all over scripture, all over Advent. This between time, this in the meantime, as we wait, we are to repent, to turn around, to say, I'm sorry. Well, perhaps it would be easier if we thought of God more like Paul Hollywood or Prue Leaf. (laughs) that when we face the one coming after John the Baptist, the one whose winnowing fork is in his hand, he will look at us honestly at what we've created with our lives and he will judge it, judge us for the puff pastry that comes out just right. We might hear, well done. For those things we did, even though we knew they wouldn't turn out all right, we'll hear, this wasn't your best, I'd hoped for more. And then tears in our eyes, we say, I'm sorry, and we repent, turning again and again. We'll try again next week. We'll hope to be star baker from time to time. There will be weeks when it feels we must be sent out, out of the tent, away from the judge. But we need not fear this season of Advent. We need not fear judgment, this between time, the in-between time, between Christ coming to us all those years ago as an infant and Christ coming again one day as judge. For though each week ends with a judgment, one star baker, one dismissed, each week also ends with kind words from the judges and hugs among the contestants. And though there is only one winner at the end of every season of the Great British Baking Show, the final moments of the final episode always end this way. The three finalists exit the tent to learn who will be the winner, who gets the engraved glass cake stand this year. But what they find as they exit the tent and enter the lawn is scores of people waiting to celebrate all their friends and their family and all the bakers who baked with them that season and their friends and family. Everyone is there. Yes, there is one person crowned as the best baker that year, but that hardly matters. What matters is the party. What matters is everyone is there. The Great British Baking Show isn't the perfect metaphor for the kingdom of God, but it's not bad, for we will face judgment. And we prepare in this between time by confessing when things have gone wrong. We tell the truth, our successes, our failures will be named. There may be tears, but there will be no shame. And in the end, the hour and day of which none of us know. A great party will erupt where the judge is the host, delighted that everyone is there and all are friends. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.